everyone, and welcome to Dragon's Demise, the podcast about what happens on, around, and behind the tabletop. I'm your host, Greg B. Jacob is still in South Africa this week, so I'll be joined by special guest Thomas DeSalvo. He's one of the actors from the newly released movie, Tournament. We're going to be talking a little bit about the movie, what it was like to film that, what it was like to get involved with the gaming community at large, and just generally his experiences. But first, of course, I'm going to talk about what I have been playing. So just like last week, one of the sort of foremost things that I've been playing is Delta Green, the Call of Cthulhu modern game. Uh, We just finished up a session shortly before I'm recording this, actually. We started a new adventure. Some of you will remember from last week that we had just wrapped up an adventure in the desert in New Mexico where we were tracking sort of a a space mind control-y type creature slash substance slash unknown thing because we never actually really got our hands on it. This week we found ourselves in suburban Los Angeles. There was sort of a, a series of things that had gone on around the country, actually, this sort of fictionalized version of America that had gone on in which there were national scale riots. And so the police response in the city was down, and we were called upon to investigate an incidence of what appeared to be mass hysteria that had taken place at a sort of underground illegal punk concert uh, happening in a condemned building. So we went and checked that out. There were a couple of the people who had been in attendance that were taken into custody. Basically what had happened was that everyone who was in attendance at the show blacked out and started just assaulting people themselves and several homeless in the area and ended up with about a dozen people dead. So, you know, we had been called in to try to figure out what the hell happened. We did some investigation. We figured out some, you know, basics about the band, where their next show was going to be, had anything like this happened before, that type of stuff. Long story short, we tracked them to a show, another underground illegal show that they were doing in a graveyard. And the sort of tagline, the selling point for the show was that they're going to raise the dead, which, you know, for like a punk who's going to see his favorite band, that's probably a great selling point. But for us, people who are used to investigating the paranormal, this raised all sorts of red flags, understandably. So we, you know, hightailed it over to this graveyard, found that they were setting up their recording equipment on top of a mortuary, and sort of tried to get in there and do some, like, dancing around and, like, okay, let's see if we can shut them down before anything goes wrong. But we didn't really know at that point exactly what had gone wrong. Like, was it the instruments? Was it something about the singer's voice? Was there just coincidentally some person, like, in the crowd with a Necronomicon, like, going to raise the dead while they were performing? So it wasn't really clear, and we weren't able to stop it beforehand. But they did end up succeeding in raising a couple of zombies who attacked the crowd. We dispersed the crowd, rolled up, and just started attacking the zombies and also sort of trying to take the band members hostage. Not not hostage to begin with, mostly just sort of taking stock of what they knew because it, it seemed visually like they were surprised by what happened, but... As they were getting into their van to pull away, one of our party members heard them say, dude, it totally worked. So we, of course, just couldn't have that. We, you know, shot out their tires, told them, put their hands up, get out of the van. 
that type of thing. And that actually is where I left the session. I had to get home and take care of some things, but I will hopefully bring you all an update in the next couple of weeks about what happened with that. So that's definitely the biggest thing that I've played this week. Also had a chance to play some Mystic Veil. Got to meet a new friend and introduce him to Mystic Veil, which he thoroughly enjoyed. He, he really liked the sort of strategic depth that it had. Um, he liked figuring out the sort of different strategies. We played two games. The first game was, you know, your standard, oh, this is your introduction to the game. We're going to sort of teach you the rules, all that sort of thing. And then the second game was playing for keeps, such as it was. But he seemed to really enjoy it. And I, my, my partner and I, of course, enjoyed it as well. It's one of our favorite games to play. And it was really good to have an opportunity to do that. We actually did not play with the copy that we borrowed from Jacob. We played with the copy that was available at the venue, which was called Board and Brew. It's out in Maryland that has an um, just an amazing selection of games. Like a lot of times, you know, you'll go to a board game cafe and they've got some games, but not like a lot. This place has probably hundreds of games. So we grabbed their copy, which included the Veil of Might expansion, but not the Veil of Magic. No, vice versa. Included the Veil of Magic expansion, which introduced just new cards. Um, but did not include the Veil of Might expansion, which includes the uh, heroes and the, some of the other sorts of things that kind of fundamentally alter how the game is played. So it was really pretty similar to just Base Game Plus, which was probably good, all things considered, for introducing someone new to the game. So we had a chance to play that, which of course was a lot of fun. Had a chance to play Santorini on the stream. I don't know how many of you were able to either tune in that day or check out the, the video since then, but we did do our first Tabletopia stream this week. That was a learning experience, I think you could say. We had a few technical difficulties getting the audio set up, and then we had some technical difficulties getting the video in place, but the game itself, Santorini, was a lot of fun. It's sort of a spatial planning game, not just horizontally in a way that something like um, Go or uh, Armadora is, but also vertically, where you have to try to get your workers on top of a three-tier tower before your opponent does. And so there's all sorts of maneuvering and, and complex forward thinking that goes into this, which of course means that it's not a game that I personally am going to be very good at. <laughs> uh, that's just not really a style of thinking that I am particularly, it's, it's not a strong suit for me. So I got my ass handed to me pretty solidly in all three or four of the games that we played. Uh, it was myself, Jacob for a, a game or two, and then our friend William as well for a couple of games. All in all, I mean, I do think it's a, a very well-designed game. I think it's got a lot going for it, especially once you add in the god powers and add in some sort of, like, mutability and and variations on what you can do and get some, some really unique game states going based on the types of god powers that you have in play. But just in terms of whether or not it's a game that I personally will be good at, I think the answer is a pretty resounding no. And then the last game that I have had a chance to play this week is Gloom, which was another game that I have never played before, but have heard really excellent things about. I'm not sure exactly how to describe it. It's sort of like an empowerment game where you're trying to sort of power up your units as best you can and then end the game when you have the most points, except it's the opposite of that. You're trying to end the game with the fewest points because you're trying to make the people in your family as miserable as possible. It's 
got art that's very inspired by the artist Edward Gorey. It's got a very sort of dark, gothic theme, and so it's just really atmospheric in that way. And then also, really, really entertainingly, one of the rules of the game is that each time you play a card, so for example, um, Ruined by Rum or Menaced by Mice, something like that, you have to sort of tell the story of what is happening to this character. In addition to just they're being menaced by mice, you have to sort of create this narrative of, oh, well, this person was, you know, down in the basement one day and some mice came out of, you know, whatever the case may be. So it makes for a really interesting gameplay experience that uh, was a lot of a lot of really goofy fun. So had some fun learning how to play that. It's my my girlfriend's pretty much one of her favorite games. We actually got her copy signed by the designer at WashingCon this year. So uh, that was that was pretty great. And those are the games that I have been playing lately. All right, everybody. Hey, and welcome to our main event this episode. Uh, I'm here with Thomas DeSalvo. He is one of the actors from the new movie Tournament. Hi. And we're going to be talking about the movie. We're going to be talking about his experiences uh, with filming, with learning how uh, trading card games work, and and all of that. So first question, I know our frequent listeners will have heard us talk about this a couple of different times, but for anybody who hasn't, can you give us a quick rundown of what uh, the movie is about? Uh, Well, thanks, Greg. Thanks for having me here. Tournament is about a group of unlikely friends and family who get together on a regular basis to play a trading card game. And on this particular occasion uh, is a big tournament, hence the name. Of course. Yeah. (laughs) And things get turned on its head. There is a newcomer who comes in and throws the whole feng shui of everything uh, out of line and crazy things happen. Hilarity ensues. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. I know one of the things that we talked about when we, when Jacob and I sat down and interviewed you and your sister, who is the writer, director, producer, she's sort of like the Superman of the movie. One of the things that we talked about was that neither of you had a whole lot of direct experience with trading card games, but that her husband played magic. And that was sort of where the idea came from. So how did, how did you take hearing those second, third-hand stories uh, and turn this into an entire movie? Well, it's it's kind of a great story because Patricia's husband, Mike, has played Magic since the beginning. He started playing uh, when he was at the Naval Academy, of all places, when it came out. And he dropped off for a while and then picked it back up again when Patricia was away. And so when Patricia came back into town, Mike had gotten so much back into the groove of magic playing that he just kept going like every Friday night he was at the shop playing and Patricia was like wondering what was going on and he would come home with these crazy stories about how much fun he had what kind of cards he got and like he lucked into this really rare expensive card and just the goofy stuff that would happen in the shop the different kinds of people from all different walks of life coming in to play this game coming together to share in this experience and Patricia said this needs to be a movie this this story needs to be told because you know people usually laugh it off and say oh that's a subculture but I mean it's a pretty it's a pretty huge subculture the gaming community I wouldn't even call it a subculture it's just not mainstream society so people call it a subculture it's kind of ridiculous so from there on they got serious about it and they one of Mike's friends is also a screenwriter who plays magic with him 
uh, and that's Sam Gash. Sam got together with Patricia, and Mike was there too, but Sam and Patricia were the writers of the film. So Patricia had never played magic before, and Sam was there writing down all of the dialogue, and they were just talking about how the movie should go, and Sam was getting all of the technical things with Mike, and Patricia was like, we got to make sure that this movie is still accessible for everybody who doesn't play games too. Right, and I think, um, you know, having watched, I I was sadly not able to attend the screening this past uh, week, but, you know, one of the things from looking at the, watching the trailer, watching the behind the scenes, it seems like your cast of characters is really, really um, diverse, just in terms of, of characteristics, but also in terms of backgrounds. You know, you've got sort of the, the young girl and her dad are there. You've got, you know, the person who's, for whom English is the second language, who's just kind of trying to find a, a place where he fits in and some fun people to hang out with. You know, you've got people from all sorts of walks of life who play this different game. Was that a conscious decision going into it? Was that you guys wanted to be accessible, not just to one particular, maybe stereotypical type of trading card game player, but to everybody. Yeah, it was a very conscious decision. And it was kind of great because the script was written and I was there for the rewrite process, which in film, a lot of things change after the initial script is written. They say that the average screenplay is rewritten 17 times. Since the first reading, the script is drastically different. A lot of it was cut. Things were added. You know, it's it's crazy. And filmmaking is a very fluid process, and you need to be able to roll with the punches as they come. But to answer your question, that was a conscious decision to have such a diverse group of players who come to the shop, because that's that's what Mike experienced on a weekly basis. You had the young kids come in with a parent sometimes, and... You also have an exchange student who came in. And that's one of the coolest things, I think, about magic is that somebody could go anywhere in the world and they could find a Friday night magic. And even if they don't necessarily speak the same language, the the cards are pretty, they're the same, they're just printed in different languages. So they could get by eh, pretty okay, I think. And I just think that's a wonderful thing because I... I did not play Magic until we started working on this film. Like, I had played Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! before. And so, coming in, I went to the shop, which is All-Star Cards in Los Angeles. If you're ever out in Los Angeles, check it out. South Robertson Boulevard. It's pretty cool. Gotta, gotta plug, the, uh, plug the inspiration. <laughs> right. Yeah, of course. It's a wonderful hole-in-the-wall card shop. And I went to play Friday Night Magic the weeks leading up to the shoot of the movie. And it was it was fascinating. I played the Japanese exchange student, and he was a fantastic player, and I learned a lot from him. And it was really great because everybody who was there was very understanding and giving to me because I had never played before. And because I know sometimes it can get intense with magic tournaments, but everybody there was very welcoming and took their time, and we played open hands the first time, and uh, it was great. I learned a lot. Magic is such a fascinating game, and it's kind of intense, and it's kind of intimidating when you first start out, but it's so much fun. Yeah, definitely. And that that actually um, sort of gets into one of the other things that I wanted to talk about was, you know, what has been sort of either the reaction from the gaming community to the movie, or flip side of that coin, what has been your experience in... um, playing the game like do you do you still play is it something that you've picked up you know as a hobby or is it more just uh research i suppose well uh first of all the reaction has been wonderful 
we premiered at Gen Con in Indianapolis this past August, and that was amazing. I was just blown away by the magnitude of that event. But it, it's so cool because you have all these people who share a common love of gaming. And I, I walked through a room of tabletop games, and it was just like I couldn't believe like all the stuff that's out there. And it was great. In terms of the reaction to the movie, uh, it was very positive. The people at the festival said we captured the spirit of Gen Con in our movie, which was really cool. That's my greatest. Yeah, I know. I was I was very flattered. And we gave away, we have play mats from the movie, and we gave away some cards too. And uh, every screening that we've had so far, whether it's at a game shop, we've done several game shop screenings. I think the most recent one was in Oklahoma City, and uh, it's been very positive. We also had one in South Carolina. I think they're planning to do one in Los Angeles at the card shop where it was shot. And uh, we also have one coming up at a new shop opening in the D.C. area, Dice City Games in Wheaton, which will probably be in November. So look out for that. Uh, (laughs) But it's very positive. We were told we captured the essence of the group's that come together. It's like, oh, I know somebody like that who plays in my shop. It's like, oh, you, I've had people come up to me and say, I'm totally you in the game shop. Like I've never, my character has never won a tournament. So I'm kind of, when the movie starts, I say, this is, this is my day. I'm going to get it. And you'll have to see the movie to see what happens. Yeah. Obviously, you know, no spoilers. We can't give away, uh, <laughs> give away how it ends. One of the really unique things about the movie, at least from you know the material that I've seen, is the fact that you have sort of the store setting, the game store setting, where the, the characters are playing their game, and there's the store owner and sort of, quote, real life. Um, but then you also have this sort of parallel area that people jump to when they engage in combat that seems to be sort of Western-themed. Um, at least from what I saw. And I, again, this is all, you know, I haven't seen the movie yet. I really need to see the movie. But so how did that creative process come together? Whose idea was it to sort of have this this alternate reality take place as the, the field of combat? So the movie was shot all in the game shop, pretty much uh, exclusively, except for uh, a couple of scenes. But the reason these cutaways to other fields of combat, we have a Western, we have Samurai, and we also have a boxing match. And these came about with, we were looking at the script and Patricia said, we need to figure out a way to break up the action. Because if you're in a game shop, we don't want you to feel like you're stuck in a game shop. We don't want you to feel claustrophobic. We talked about these cutaways to what the players would be thinking in their heads. Like, this battle is really like serious what it means to them how how they imagine what they're doing in their heads so we've got like a western duel and we've got samurais going at each other it's it's really cool and it's a lot of fun there's a lot of homages to anime and we've also got you know the old spaghetti western homages and the uh boxing movies too so it's all sprinkled throughout so that, I think, was a really great way to break up the action and to just make it a lot more goofy and uh, a lot more fun, too. And it's we got to shoot in a green screen studio because of it, too. And that was just crazy. It's I, I don't even know. I think there's footage of the green screen place in the behind the scenes video online. So check that out on YouTube. Tournament behind the scenes. 
one of the things that to me was so fascinating about just the the concept of the movie was that you guys didn't go with you know an established card game and obviously i'm sure there are reasons for that like you you know it would be impossible to petition wizards of the coast to give you the rights to use magic in your in your movie but also um the fact that you guys came up with this own brand new trading card game that you basically sort of built from scratch that i believe is called tournament correct yes is just so fascinating. So can you talk a little bit about what the the design process for the game was like? And I know, you know, obviously for the movie itself, you only kind of have to have the bones in place. But I know one of the things that you mentioned last time was that you're moving towards getting that produced for real. So talk uh, a little bit about that. So it's, it's really interesting because at Gen Con, we talked to some people. Well, some people came to the screening who work for Wizards. Um, and they said that they were happy that we didn't try to approach Wizards and Magic the Gathering to see if we could use them because we could do we can do whatever we want now with this game we created. It was a lot of work, but it's ours. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was neat <laughs> because it started out as just some goofy names in the script that we came up with. And in the first draft, we w- we weren't too wild about the names. And so the night before the reading, I was up to like three o'clock in the morning thinking of names and looking quickly, Googling like um, (laughs) mad monkeys. Is this a magic card? Yeah, to see if it was. And I think I did well on all of them, but I came up with a bunch of crazy ones like mad monkeys and goblin calvary and stuff like that. It was it was a lot of fun. I didn't come up with all of them, but just a few of the ones I came up with in the middle of the night. And then what was really cool is uh, we got a lovely graphic designer who put together designs for 20 of the 40 names that we came up with. And so they could be the actual cards used in the film. And it was amazing to see all of these names, some of them that came out of just trying to figure out a name in the middle of the night, but just come into these really, really cool illustrations. And in terms of the mechanics of the game that you see in the film, it's heavily based on magic in terms of the way the battle goes down and the way the cards move. And we use the 20-sided dice for the, the damage counters. And we are trying to figure out the best way to move forward in terms of making it a real game. We, uh, we talked with people at Gen Con, at WashingCon, and Strategicon in Los Angeles about what this game could be. There is a lot of interest a lot of people have approached us wondering how we could market this, how we could make this game something that could be competitive among all of the other great card games that are already out there. But I feel like as when more work is done on it, it will be very, very similar to Magic the Gathering in terms of the mechanics. But what was funny is during the film, <laughs> because I was the only one who had played Magic before we started the shoot. And so after everybody was cast, we had them over to Patricia's place and Mike and one of his friends, Sandy, from the card shop, they came over and we all played magic and we had a demonstration and everybody sat around this really long table. It was like a tournament. It was great. And everybody learned how to play. But then when we got on set, some of the actors like completely forgot. And we had uh, David, it was so funny because he was just making up his own kind of card game. Like he was playing some kind of mix between poker and <laughs> crazy eights or something. And the cards were just all over the place. But with the way it was shot, like it, it still looks like everybody is really into it and knows what's going on. And most of the actors were. He was just being a goof. Right. But <laughs> it was, it was fascinating. 
And I have developed a real liking to this game too. And um, I haven't played it as much since I've been back east. But when I'm when I'm out in LA, I'm usually there on a Friday night with Mike playing with the guys because it's so much fun. And it's I still get a little intimidated when I go into onto the fields of battle. But it's uh, it's really cool. It's it's neat, and it's it's a great night of fun just for 15 bucks I mean Friday Night Magic and drafting your deck I think is really cool too that's that's really I played a sealed deck once but I've mostly done the draft and that that's kind of intimidating when you get your first time playing Magic is a draft yeah definitely I mean drafting is is an entire another level of strategy on top of just knowing how to play the game you have to know what works well together and what uh, you know what all the cards cards do and how they synergize so yeah that I could see how that would be intimidating. Yeah, so if those of you listening are, have not played Magic and you want to try, if you're going to go start with a draft, go with a friend who knows what they're doing. <laughs> you don't want to get stuck by yourself uh, in that situation. But you never know. You can go to a shop and tell them, hey, I'm brand new at this, but I want to play. And I'm sure they would love to show you how it goes. And so that's that's really cool that you sort of have this opportunity to plug directly into the game shop because that's, you know, the the movie is for everyone, but the movie is about the types of people that you find at these game shops. So, you know, I've I've lived in a couple of different cities and played at a couple of different game shops. Is there do you have any sort of way for game shop owners to reach out to you or even like players to reach out to you and try to organize a screening in a particular location? Yes, we um, we have a distribution uh, company that we're going with right now called Gather, and it's G A T H R, no E. Um, it's got to be trendy. Yeah, it's got to be trendy. Um, and you can go there through our website, uh, tournamentmovie.com. And what's cool about Gather is you can type in your zip code, and they give you a list of theaters in your area where you could host your own screening. And the way it works, it's kind of like Kickstarter, is you pick a, a city and they say, okay, in order to have your screening at this particular theater, you need to sell this many tickets. And you don't have to put any money up front. You just advertise your screening and get people to buy tickets. And once you sell a certain number, your screening is greenlit. And that is when everybody's credit card is charged. People who are game shop owners, if they want to host a screening at their shop, you can reach out to us on Facebook. And I believe there is also a contact on the tournament website. We're also looking to host a screening at Landslide Games in Clinton, Maryland, in Prince George's County, which also does a lot of computer gaming, as well as magic and other card games. Well, that's great. Um, but then also, you know, so for, for any of our listeners or for people in the area who have seen a screening, you know, what opportunities are there to help the movie you know, sort of get traction, obviously, because it's still pretty young. It's kind of in its nascent stages. Like, what is there, to, you know, that we can do that really helps push the movie and generate interest uh, and and make sure that this gets picked up in more places? Well, thanks, Greg. This this is a tricky thing because we've talked to big studio people in L.A. and they just don't get it. Like, they don't get the gaming community. They don't understand how big this could be. And from all of the screenings we've had at game shops and conventions and all of the positive feedback we've gotten, we, we know that we've got something good. We just need to make them see it. And one thing we've heard is that if Hollywood doesn't know that this will be a success, it needs to be proven with social media following. So one thing you all could do to help us would be to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, 
Check us out on all our social media platforms. And let's see. Facebook is The Tournament Movie. And uh, the website is tournamentmovie.com. And all of our other social media platforms are available through there. You can get to our Instagram and our YouTube as well. And uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy how Hollywood used to be full of risk takers. But now they are just full of people who want to make remakes and make big blockbuster hits that sometimes aren't very good or a lot of times aren't very good so we love all of our grassroots supporters and we appreciate everything you guys do so thank you and thank you greg uh, i really appreciate being on and this has been great yeah of course you know thank you for for taking the time to come out and talk to what was us when we scheduled but uh is just me now that jacob is is still out but yeah you know we love having you on we love the idea of the movie and again i can't wait to see it i really hope that you get that screening in maryland so that i can uh can finally get a chance to see it but thank you for for taking the time to come and talk about it talk about the creative process and talk about just everything that goes into making a really cool movie like this Thank you, everyone, for joining us on this episode of Dragon's Demise. We hope you enjoyed this exclusive interview with Thomas DeSalvo, one of the actors from the new movie Tournament. As you heard in the interview, there are going to be plenty of screenings coming up, so if there's one in your area, head over to Gather or to their website and check it out and see if it's for you. Also, tune in next week when I sit down with my good friend Marty and we review Twilight Imperium 3.